Well, good morning, everyone. You doing good? Good to see you this morning. Put yourself in this scenario for a moment. You get home from church today and someone's waiting at your home for you. And they say to you, great news. I got some tickets here to your favorite event. I got tickets for you and I'm going to give you some extras to give away to whoever you want. Now you got to pick whatever your favorite event is. For some of you, it's going to be Garth Brooks, right? That's your number one event that you go, if I could get that ticket, right? Others of you, it's the October World Series coming up, right? Some of you, it might be your favorite Broadway play. So pick whatever your dream ticket is, and you now have been given a whole, whole bunch of them. But the someone who's at your house says, it gets a little better. Every time you give away one of these tickets, you won't have any less. You're like, what? I've got an unlimited supply of tickets and every time I give one away, I don't have any less. Like, I could just endlessly give out tickets and never run out? Well, get this. The moment you received the gospel, God gave you an endless supply of tickets to heaven that he wants you to give out to the entire world. The entire world. And what I'd submit to you is that a ticket into heaven is the most valuable thing you could ever have. And it's the most valuable thing you could ever give away. Now, Revelation 7 actually gives us a little picture into what heaven will be like. Revelation 7.9 says this. After this, I saw a vast crowd, too great to count from every nation and tribe and people and language, standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb. See, heaven is filled with people from every tribe and every culture. The people we actually see in heaven are those that have received the ticket. Now, we have no control over what people do when we give away the ticket, right? Some people are going to accept it. Some are going to reject it. What they do with it, that's God's work. It's up to him to decide. We get to decide what we're going to do with these pockets full of tickets. This morning, we're taking a one-week break from our new sermon series called Extraordinary. And the reason we're doing that is because you and I have a choice sitting right smack dab in front of us this morning. See, we can be people who sort of live our lives and then we die and we enter into heaven one day and we're like, hey, everybody, I, I showed up here and I brought all these extra tickets with me. What a knucklehead move that would be. Can you imagine dying with the thousands of extra tickets to Garth or the World Series, not giving them out? See, we can live like that or we can become people who generously ridiculously give away tickets. Pockets full of tickets this morning. What you gonna do with them? You ready to jump in? Here we go. If we're gonna be people who generously, ridiculously give away these tickets, there's two things you gotta know and one thing you gotta do. Two things you gotta know, one thing you gotta do. Open your Bibles to 1 John chapter 2. We're gonna be in verse 2 here in a moment. 1 John chapter 2. 
Verse 2, it says this. He himself, referring to Jesus, is the sacrifice that atones for our sins, and not only for our sins, but for the sins of all the world. Now look at that verse. The first part says he is the sacrifice that atones for our sins. That's individual salvation. But the second part says, and not only for our sins, but for the sins of all the world. That's global salvation. See, the first thing we got to know if we're going to give away these tickets is that God is a global God. He's a global God. Now, zap yourself into the scriptures for a moment. Pretend you're in 1 John 2.2. So like you and I were there during the moment, like seeing the crucifixion. What would we have seen? Well, look closely at the blood running off the crown of thorns down Jesus' cheek. If we could have seen it and we could have inched up closer, you would see written in that blood your name. You would see written in that blood the name Austin and Thomas and Emma. See, be your name written there. But if you inched just a little bit closer to see that blood, you would also see written there the names of every person in the country of France. See, if you were to be at the scene and you could like see the stripes on Jesus' side from the whip marks and see the blood, you would see written in the blood on, on Jesus' side the names India, Iraq, Ireland. See, if we could see deeply into Jesus' bloods, we would see the words Pakistan, Peru, Paraguay. See, Jesus' blood is for your name, individual salvation, and every nation's blood would be written in Jesus' blood. Every name of every nation, that's global salvation. Are you with me this morning? You see, Jesus had to fill our pockets with a limitless supply of tickets to heaven to give out because this message is for everyone. Billions and billions of people have to hear. So I've been spending the week asking myself, like, Lord, if we could see these billions and billions of people, like, actually see a picture of it and see to the very center of God's heart, what would it look like? Maybe it'd look a little something like this. Jesus come, I'm gonna 
Three billion people, three billion people will lay their heads on their pillows tonight, never once having heard the name Jesus. Three billion people are waiting for you and me to play a role in helping give them a ticket. Number two. After we see that God's a global God, next we need to see that God has a global cause. A global cause. Flip open in your Bibles to Matthew 28. We're going to read verse 19 here in a second. Matthew 28 is what is often referred to as the Great Commission. It's one of Jesus' last commands that he's given to his disciples. And in Matthew 28, 19, we read, Go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That's God's cause. Make disciples of all nations. Now, maybe you've heard the Great Commission before, but did you know the Great Commission is the only cause in all of human history that is guaranteed to succeed. Did you know that? Your uh, favorite social media uh, cause, not guaranteed. Your favorite social injustice cause, not guaranteed to succeed. Your pet political uh, cause, not guaranteed to succeed. The Great Commission, 100% guaranteed to succeed. We know because of Matthew 24, 14. Matthew 24, 14 says this, And this gospel will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear and then the end will come. It's guaranteed. Catching this, Matthew 28 says, Go make disciples of all nations. Matthew 24 says, Oh, by the way, it's actually going to happen. All nations will hear. Then the end. news. See, as you start giving away the gospel, as you get engaged in helping make disciples of all nations, God's promise to you and to me is your labor will not be in vain. It's terrific news this morning.
Now, I want you to actually see God's global cause with your own eyes. Here's why. When you see make disciples of all nations like actually happening out there in the world, you can't help but lean forward and get engaged. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna turn our little sanctuary here into an airplane for a few minutes, hop a flight and travel around the world. Try not to get whiplash and jet lag, okay? You ready to hop a flight? Here we go. Let's fly first from Sioux Falls to North Africa. And if we flew from Sioux Falls to North Africa, we could meet a man named Abalam. Here's his story. Abalam was an old man, and his eyes had seen many things. They watched clouds of dust rise as he and his brothers brought the livestock home. They watched as the livestock left their home as a dowry payment to a witch doctor. Later, they watched a witch doctor tie a piece of goat hide around Abalam's newborn son, Emmanuel's hand for protection. Abalam saw his children grow up and go to school. He watched as his children got married and had their own children. He watched as his son Emmanuel and his young wife Elizabeth struggled to conceive. His eyes watched and his heart broke. Then one day, Abalam saw something different a sea of new faces in his village, visiting Emmanuel because he had recently decided to follow Jesus. Curious, Abalam listened to their message, and as he did, his spiritual eyes were opened. He saw that he was a man dead in sin. That day, Abalam accepted Jesus and counted himself dead to sin, but alive in Christ. Abalam walked this earth for four more years, and during that time, his eyes saw many things. They saw 26 of his family members accept Christ. They saw a church planted in his village. They watched believers cry out to God, asking him to give Emmanuel and Elizabeth a child. They watched as God answered that prayer and blessed Emmanuel with three children. Those four years, Abilene felt more alive than he had the 81 years prior. And when he knew the time had come to meet Jesus face to face, his last words were praise to his Savior, who brought him from death to life. When Abilam's family and church came together to honor and celebrate his life, 22 people accepted Jesus. 22 people who walked into that funeral dead in their sins are now alive in Christ. 22 people have joined the mission to raise the dead by introducing them to Jesus. 22 people came to Christ at Abilene's funeral. I want to live like that and I want to die like that. How about you? Isn't that great? See, the way I say this is if you want to know where God is moving in the world today, get a map, get a dart, don't hit water. God is moving there. What if we flew from North Africa to East Asia? Several years ago, my wife and I were living in East Asia, and we were introducing students uh, to Jesus, and I met a student there named Afon. Now, I don't know if you know this. Do you know how East Asian students sometimes like to give themselves English names? Have you heard about this yet? Now, yeah? Okay, so what happens is they'll watch an American movie, and they'll hear a phrase or a word they like, and they'll name themselves that, right? So I met a student there named A Piece of Cake. Nice to meet you. Literally, I met three best friends whose names were Pizza, Papa, and Pony. Do you have any idea how difficult it is to disciple Pizza? It's very hard. 
Um, no joke, one day I was on campus, this guy wanders up to me, he sort of saunters, and he goes, hi, my name's John Wayne. And I went, okay, right, this is... <laughs> we know what movies you've been watching, right? So anyways, I meet off on, as in you turn the lights off and on, right? So uh, Afan and I become friends, and uh, we eat some Kung Pao chicken together, and uh, we played some ping pong together. And after a couple weeks, I said, Afan, come over to my place tonight. I want you to hear about one of the most important things in my life. And I sort of give him my most impassioned, dusty testimony about, you know, Jesus means everything to me. And, and I get to the end, and I go, Afan, what do you think? And he goes, Dusty, here in my country, God is distant and dead. There is no God. I was like, man, I don't remember this one in my training. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to say next. So I just pray, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to say? Holy Spirit, what do you want me to say? I said, Afan, what if you put your theory to the test that there is no God? I said, why don't for the next week, every night before you go to bed, just say 10 words to the air. Jesus, if you are real, I want to know you. And Afan goes, this sounds like a wonderful American game. I will do it every night. And I thought, he, you know, he thought it was like Monopoly or something, but he'd agreed to try it. So he leaves, and I'm like, I'm never going to see this guy again, right? He wanted nothing to do with the gospel. So seven days goes by, no off on, eight days, no off on, nine days, no off on. The tenth day, I hear this knock at my door, and someone is yelling out in the hallway, I think your God is real. I think your God, off on, get in here. This is a communist country. You can't yell that in the hallway. So he comes into my room and, and or into my uh, apartment where I'm living and sits down. And I said, Afan, you got to tell me, man, what happened? Ten days ago, God is distant and dead. And now you think my God is real. What happened, man? And he goes, Dusty, I don't have any way to explain it other than to tell you, I think Jesus has started to change my heart. I said, Afan, that's what I told you about. He said, okay, tell me more, tell me more. So we sort of re-went through the basics of the Gospels, the ABCs. And at the end of that, I got to watch Afan bow and pray a prayer to receive Christ as his Savior. Is that worth a hand clap this morning? God did that. Get a map. Get a dart, don't hit water. See God's global cause. We could fly next from East Asia to the Middle East. And if we were able to hop a flight into the Middle East, I could tell you about a boy who was recently at a Jesus film showing outdoors when he took a tumble into a fire that was lit nearby. When he got to the hospital to be treated for his third degree burns, the boy started shouting, Mama, Mama, a man just walked into my room. The boy's mother assured him that no man had come into his hospital room. Yes, mom, the man that I saw in the movie, the one with the nails in his wrists, just walked into my room. That night, the boy and his family gave their hearts to Christ. Get a map, get a dart, don't hit water. God's moving in the Middle East. We could fly next to New Jersey, not exactly the Bible Belt, right? <laughs> we fly to New Jersey where we'd meet a guy who works at an auto body shop. He noticed that no matter how many times he invited his co-workers to church, they weren't interested. He said, no problem, we'll have church here at the shop. So he invited his co-workers to start bringing their lunch on Tuesdays and they'd sit in a little break room and have church at the auto body shop. 
So far, seven people have put their faith in Christ. Seven new disciples have been made in a New Jersey auto body repair shop. Get a map, get a dart, don't hit water. Last on our little tour around the world, we can't end without visiting Ethiopia. Just three weeks ago at the very end of June, in Ethiopia, 164 new disciples were baptized and we brought a little footage for you. Isn't that incredible? Just lined up there on the dock, getting ready to be back. 164 new people added to the family of God. See, wherever you go in the world, when you see God's global cause, you see that he's using ordinary people like you and me to give away these tickets, the gospel entrance into heaven. So we're wanting to become people who generously give away these tickets. And we've seen number one, God has a global, God is a global God. Number two, he has a global cause. And so I asked this morning, what do you do with this information? Like, great, we know all this. We're sitting here on a Sunday morning. We're prairie people in South Dakota. What do we do with this? What I'd submit to you is that when you and I see a God that is this magnificent, there can only be one right response. Reporting for duty. See, when, when you and I see this magnificent God and go, wait a second, he actually wrote my name into his blood and then he wrote the names of every nation into his blood and then he gave me a cause and then he cared enough to guarantee it'll succeed. Like, how do you respond to this much goodness? And I think the only right response is, oh God, here I am, all of me reporting for duty. Command me, tell me what you want me to do. And that's point number three, ambassadors. You and I become God's global ambassadors. 2 Corinthians 5 says it this way. I think we got a typo in your notes on this. It's 2 Corinthians 5.20 says this. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. So we speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. What do you do with all this information this morning? You and I become God's global ambassadors. Now, you already know what an ambassador is, right? When we elect a president, the president goes and handpicks someone to be his representative, you know, pick a country, to Egypt, to bring his message to Egypt. Well, the king of kings has walked into your life and has handpicked you to be his representative to the nations, to bring his message to the nations. Your identity, my identity, who we are, is we are God's ambassadors, handpicked. So we close this morning with three suggestions. Three things God's global ambassadors do as they give out tickets to the world. Number one, global ambassadors get on a plane. They get on a plane. See, some of us today 
And this week and in the months ahead, God is going to tap you on the shoulder and say, it's time to move your family overseas. I've got a pocket of people in mind that don't have access to the gospel. And it's you and your family who's going to go bring it to them. Others of you are high school students and God's going to ask you, don't give up, don't do a gap year, do a missions year. Get on a plane and go for a year to a new pocket of people and bring them the gospel. Number one, God's global ambassadors get on a plane. But we know not everyone's going to get on a plane, right? God's not going to call everyone to do that. So number two, God's global ambassadors give like maniacs. I don't know what the Greek word is for maniacs, but I'm pretty sure it's in there somewhere, right? Maniacs, God's global ambassadors use our funds and our resources to open up gospel opportunities for nations all around the world. See, some of us, if we wanted to, we could underwrite entire portions of finishing the Great Commission. Like you could pick a pocket of people, of geography, somewhere in the world and go, I'm going to give $50,000. I'm going to give a quarter of a million dollars to ensure that every person in this particular area finally, after 2,000 years, can hear the gospel. We give like maniacs. Now, some of you are like, Dust, I don't have that money in my bank account. That's okay. Whether you have that type of resources or 10 bucks in your bank account, the scriptures are asking us this morning, will you give like maniacs so that others might hear the name of Jesus? Finally, number three, God's global ambassadors pray pleading prayers. They pray pleading prayers. Here's an all play. Parents, what if today, not tomorrow, today, you drove to Walmart or wherever you shop and you bought a map of the globe and you put it up in your garage or your basement somewhere and you said, kids, here's what we're going to do. We are going to pray country by country through the whole world so that we can pray for every single human on the planet to know Christ. Parents, you can do that. Life group leaders, student central life group leaders, woven leaders, what would it look like if you started to weave praying for the nations into what you're already doing? Some of you are like, yeah, great dust. I don't know where to get started. No problem. In your bulletin this morning, we gave you an Ethiopian prayer guide to help you get going. Stick this somewhere, you'll see it often. And let's start praying, pleading prayer, saying, oh God, it is not okay that in the year 2022, three billion people still live without access to this great news. So God's ambassadors, they get on a plane, they give like maniacs, and they pray pleading prayers. You know what's gonna happen if we do that thing, that those things? If you and I do those three things over the course of your life, you're going to actually be used by God to give away tickets to heaven to like dozens and then hundreds of people, which means we as a central church family will collectively be used by God to give away the gospel to hundreds of thousands of people. And someday you and I will walk into heaven and when we see his face, face to face, Jesus will look us in the eye and he will say to you and he will say to me, well done, good and faithful servants. Amen? Let's pray. Jesus, only your spirit could do this great work. 
We want to be used as a central family to get the gospel to more people in the next chapters you're wanting to write than we've been used up to these great chapters. So use us, Father. Fill us with your spirit. We pray all these things in the name of King Jesus. Amen. Before you head out today, as always, we'll have prayer partners up here, up at front from our prayer team. If you have a need this morning or God's touching your hearts to go to the nations, come on up and pray. Have a great Sunday. We love you guys.